Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode of A Better Way Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Spears, and again this week we are interviewing, I'm interviewing Ryan Haley. So Ryan, welcome back to your own podcast. Thanks, it's funny to be the guest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're doing this uh, over these episodes because you have so many amazing stories to share, so many amazing things that God has done in your life. Honestly, that has uh, spawned the whole idea of a better way, and so we want to hear another one of those stories today. So uh, I, I know you've got some incredible things as far as, you know, people say all the time, well, I don't want to lose the security of X, Y, and Z to go do this. But you have an amazing testimony that tells how you were able to leave uh, something that was very secure and kind of walk out on faith. Tell us. Yeah. So, uh, as you guys probably know from one of the other episodes or maybe just my story in general, I was a realtor, which took a lot of faith to get from the military into the real estate arena, working, you know, on pure commission and none of the government benefits and all that stuff. So that was a a pretty big walk of faith to start with. And then I had some uh, miraculous real estate testimonies and some, some great breakthroughs in my business. The pipeline was starting to fill up. I had been doing real estate, um, as an active realtor in the DC area for about a year and a half. And, you know, I'm start I'm finally starting to get those inbound leads and some, some pretty good, pretty good referrals. And I went to a real estate conference, I believe it was in April of 2015. And this was a, this was put on by the Buffini company, which there's a guy named Brian Buffini, who is an extremely successful realtor and then started an even more successful real estate coaching practice. And so he was going over, you know, different ways to work by referral. And this was his big thing that I really loved this idea of working exclusively by personal referral, personal relationships. And so we're going through all these things, things I've learned, things I've been, you know, putting into practice and using, and they've been, they've been working for me. Like I said, you know, that pipeline's filling up. And after I came back from the conference, I started to get back, or even before I went to the conference, actually, I think I was starting to get this growing lack of peace in my heart for no reason. And, you know, I had worked hard. Anyone who's built a business from scratch or working exclusively by referral, sourcing all their own leads, it takes a lot to get that off the ground and get going. And now it's finally starting to, you know, pay more dividends. It's right at kind of that, you know, inflection point where you're really starting to grow your, your business and your real estate practice. And, um, I'll never forget this guy, Brian Buffini was on the stage and he was talking about the difference between willpower and why power. Wow. Interesting. So what he talked about was that when it comes to those tough times, because if especially you're working, uh, as a self-employed person, whether it's a realtor or anybody else in business, there are those difficult points where you want to give up. You don't want to do what it takes to make it to the next level and get through. And he said, when it comes to those moments, when you're really push comes to shove and it's getting really hard, 
having willpower alone is not going to be enough. That will fail you eventually at some point. And he talked about what you need to have is a, a really strong why, why you're doing this, whether it's working to get out of debt, that amazing vacation with your, do you want to you know, pay for your, your parents and your family to be able to go on? Whatever the case is, you need to have something really, really strong as to why you're doing what you're doing. And that will get you through those tough times. And so he just asked the question point blank, is your why big enough? And I realized for me, not because I was facing crazy challenges or anything, but I just realized, you know what? For the first time, I, I, I don't know if my why is big enough for real estate. I, I, there's aspects of this business that I like. I feel like God led me into this very improbably from a completely different environment being in the military. And now it's finally starting to work, but I'm kind of starting to question for the first time in my heart whether or not my why was big enough. Hmm. And that, was, that, was, that shook me. But then I had another revelation as he was really impassioned and skillfully talking from the stage and motivating people and just, just a, a total consummate pro. This guy had been doing this for years. He just embodied the you know, coach, speaker, the, that whole vibe you, know, you get at these seminars and everything. Yeah. And he had the goods to, to back it up. He wasn't just one of these fluff guys. He, he had been doing it and he had results. And as I'm seeing him there on that stage, I realized you know what? I don't want to be doing this as a realtor, but I want to be right where he is doing what he's doing, hmm. using skillful communication to inspire and encourage people to be their best and achieve their dreams. Hmm. And that was kind of a huge revelation for him in that moment. And so after that session, I, I went out of the conference and I just kind of walked around the block for a while because I was really shaken by this. And I'm like, God, you know, I thought this was part of my calling and my destiny <clears throat> and all these different things. How could I... Like what, where is this coming from? You know, I was fighting it thinking, you know, get behind me, Satan, this isn't from God. <clears throat> and I was really, really, you know, I was well-meaning, but I think I was misdirected in that I thought, you know, I needed to be faithful to, you know, to God to play my role in his huge, you know, grand plan and everything. And I do believe absolutely God does have an amazing grand plan that we all fit into, but I was approaching it from kind of a, a self-focused, religious, performance-oriented perspective. And God said something as I was walking around that just stopped me in my tracks. He said, Ryan... I don't need you to do anything. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, I, what, I, that's, I can't imagine that's from God. Like, what, what do you mean by that? That's crazy. I mean, that's counter to what a lot of what religion would tell us is that uh, God's waiting on us to do something, to save the world, to evangelize the world, to do all of this. But, you know, the word says God's already done it that he's just waiting on us to reciprocate the, you know, to receive the gift that he's already given. Absolutely. And that goes in every area. I think we get it with salvation, but we don't get it in these other areas. That's exactly right. You know, like you were still thinking that you had to do something for God, but it's just like salvation. We don't have to do anything for God. Yeah. It, you're so right about that, Nathaniel. It's so tempting and it seems natural in our mind. You know, we got this kind of good soldier mentality, you know, I gotta, I gotta do my duty for God. And, uh, I just, I was blown away when I felt that he said that in my spirit. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's, you know, I think he later unpacked that over a period of time, but he's like, you can't do anything to make me love you any more or any less because you are perfectly loved already, no matter what you do. And, you know, my plans and the, the way that things happen in this world, nothing rises or falls on your ability or willingness to step into your position to, you know, live out your calling and to get this right. And I know that runs crosswise with a lot of people. And that really shook me too. But then later on, 
as I'll talk about in a, in a moment, uh, God gave me this amazing revelation of sonship. Hmm. And, uh, but at the time i just felt like God was saying, there's no pressure. You're, you know, on the one hand, <laughs> it was humbling because it's like, you know, nothing is going to rise or fall based on what I do or don't do. Yeah. And there was no pressure on me at all. Yeah. I, and, and this is, this also plays into this too. I think a lot of times we can think God will pass us up. If we don't fulfill this, especially uh, type A driven people, business people, they're like, yeah, well, I need to do this. So God doesn't remove this idea and someone else steals it or God gives it to someone else. God gives this great calling to someone else, but God doesn't do that. His gifts and callings are without repentance. And so it's in that same vein of what we're saying is, is you got to that place where God was like, wait a second. No, just stop, stop sitting there thinking that my entire plan for humanity is based upon Ryan Haley and, <laughs> right. and what he does. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, you know, I wouldn't have expressed it in those words at the time, but it really was, uh, I guess, an inflated sense of self-importance. And it was coming not from a sense of ego or, you know, pride so much as pressure and obligation and duty, what I call the DOD spirit, duty, obligation, discipline. Yeah, that's good. And... I, you know, I, it was my duty. It was my obligation to step into my role. Now, don't get me wrong. God absolutely has a very unique and specific purpose and calling for everybody on this planet. I believe every single person is made with a purpose. There's a lot of verses I could go into that talk about that. But, and I was very aware of that. But what God was telling me was that there's no pressure on me. The, you know, the world's not going to stop spinning and that, you just need to kind of get some perspective and realize that you know it's that you're you're getting way too uh, worked up about this, and that I don't have any pressure or expectations on you. Wow! So this revelation changed in your life. You saw this through this seminar. Then what happened? So I was pretty shaken by that revelation, and also just kind of the idea that maybe my why was not big enough for real estate. And so after I came back from this seminar, um, I actually even signed up for this pretty expensive coaching program that I was committing to. But I was kind of having some, you know, double-mindedness in my heart, and I was, I was questioning all this. So this probably went on for another month or so, and then it got to the point where I finally talked to some people, and I realized I'm, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm losing peace about this. I don't see myself wanting to live this life because the thing is, as you get busier in business, especially as a realtor, you start to realize what this is going to be like. When this is full-time and your pipeline's full, it, I mean, it's nonstop. People, this is people's houses. This is not something, you know, you don't really have your time to yourself and you can come up with systems and build a team and all that. But I just started to realize the success that I wanted, uh, that I thought I wanted was not actually what I really wanted. And I saw realtors who were victims of their own success. Basically they were doing maybe $50 million a year in volume in sales, but they were losing their hair. They were gaining weight. Their eyes were bloodshot. They hadn't seen their kids in a week. They were slaves to the very profession that was supposed to be setting them free to set their own schedule and be their own boss. And they were just caught in this cycle that I wanted no part of. Yeah. It's that whole uh, work cycle. It's like that idea of of in order to build the life that I want, I have to do this. But in the meantime, you're losing the life that you want because you're doing this. And, and and you'll look down the road 10 years later after you've done that for 10 years and say, well, wait a second, I just literally missed out on those 10 years of my life where I was trying to have this and now it's too late because my kids are grown up or whatever right. it is. Exactly. In fact, somebody was just talking about that the other day that they, you know, we always say we're doing this for our kids. We're doing this for our wife, for our family. And, you know, I'm not married at the time, but, you know, you say you're doing it for the God or the kingdom, but in God's kingdom, the ends never justify the means. If he, Hmm. if he is telling you to do something a certain way, 
you don't need to help him out or, or cut shortcuts. And what I know for sure, there's a lot of things I don't know, but what I know for sure is that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you're losing joy, if you're losing peace, if you're getting the life sucked out of you, you are out of alignment with God's will. Yeah. And uh, speaking about that, it's it's getting to that place of peace, but perfect peace is found through keeping your mind stayed on God. So following the Holy Spirit, hearing his voice, keeping your mind stayed on God, even in business to maintain and obtain that to see the kingdom of God in your life. You're exactly right. And that was, I was learning that and I had just gotten a revelation about this time uh, of grace, like a really deep, profound revelation I'd never had through Joseph Prince. And I read his book, Destined to Reign. And then I started reading Unmerited Favor and I highly recommend checking those out. I mean, I thought he was a heretic. I was reading these books so I would know what the Antichrist was up to in the end times, you know, and I just was totally misdirected. And I thought he was a total heresy, you know, uh, just name it and claim it, health and wealth, prosperity, gospel guy. And all those things are part of the gospel. And that is offensive to some people, Mm -hmm. but everything he said was scriptural and everything was based on the word and everything pointed to Jesus. And it was all about getting our eyes off of ourselves and onto the cross and onto the finished work of Jesus. So I was having this revelation. And as I'm, you know, inexplicably losing my peace as the very time that I thought that, you know, I was finally starting to hit my, my momentum and my success and all this stuff. So I decided to take a four day trip to a monastery out in the Virginia countryside Hmm. and completely remove myself. And that was a big, you know, act of faith at the time when you're a realtor and you're busy, you know, you're on your devices 24 seven. It's, you just get into this cycle and this very insidious, uh, rhythm that is not the unforced rhythms of grace, as Jesus talks about. Right. It is very much the uh, forced rhythms of stress and toil without even realizing it. And again, I'm not saying what busyness is necessarily bad, it, that hard work is bad, but there's when you start to lose your peace and your joy, you that's a primary indicator you're starting to drift yep. away from God's will. So I decided, okay, you know what? I need to take some time apart set aside some time and hear from God. So I went out to this monastery that where there was personal silence. You couldn't talk to anybody. Um, it was out in the country. I went off of completely off the grid, no communication, no devices. I let all my clients and you know, the other people at my brokerage firm know I'm going to be doing this. But, uh, and then I went out there and after the first day or so, as I was really journaling and hearing from God and really started to feel, this is another thing I'll say, when you remove yourself from a, especially a very fast paced, frenetic environment like Washington DC or anything, even if it's just removing yourself from the physical place of your business, um, there was just a, a manifest peace that started to come over me. I just, things started to clear up. God's words started to become more real and alive. And God says, if you seek me earnestly with all your heart, I will be found by you. And so I was starting to hear God. And within the first day or so of this uh, trip to the monastery, I really felt like God was telling me, you know, this is not for me, for you to keep striving and yeah. stressing out in this. Yeah. And I was, because I came into it with the percent, with the perception of God, I'm so sorry. Why am I having these bad thoughts? Why am I wanting to not do this? And I was like, no, I know you've led me into this. Uh, you've blessed this. I just need to keep my hand to the plow and, and do these things in faithfulness. And again, back to the DOD spirit, duty, obligation, discipline. And while God definitely honors faithfulness, and there are times when we are going to go through difficulties, uh, we are guaranteed that by Jesus. You know, if we're going to fall in his footsteps, we're going to encounter troubles and persecutions. And it's not always going to be easy. But there was a difference that I was starting to realize as I was doing this and I spent more time in the word and I, I, I removed myself so I could really hear what God was saying to me clearly. I felt like he said, you are released from this real estate. And not only that, you're released from this 
you are just going to go back and rest and wait on me indefinitely. Just basically an extended vacation indefinitely. But notice what it took for you to hear that and to get that release. I think a lot of people are just sitting there doing their day-to-day and then like, God, please release me from this so I can go do my next assignment. Or they know they're called to business, but they're stuck in their nine to five. And they're like, I'm just waiting for God to release me from this nine to five so I can go do my business. But what you're saying here is that you had to take a step of faith. You That's have to true. get out of yourself and you have to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to unplug for a minute. I'm going to go and to this monastery. I'm going to completely detach myself so that I can hear God's voice. And I think, I, I think it's key that we're able to learn how to do that in our day to day. But a lot of times it requires that. I've had to do that before in my life, completely do a media fast, completely maybe fast from food and do spiritual type fast as well. All these different things to get you to the place where you can hear God's voice clear enough to hear that release. Because again, it goes back to that idea that we think God is, you know, that God is dependent on us or whatever, but God's just waiting on us to have our hearts ready to, to hear that release. No, that's such a great point that you made about doing it by faith. Um, because sometimes there are seasons where you have to endure. And that was very much the case for me at the Pentagon. I hated that job. Now it was a really good job, you know, as far as worldly terms, I was making six figures, had the best benefits package in the world. And you know, when I really look back on it, it wasn't that stressful. I had it pretty good, but I just hated it. I was so dissatisfied and unfulfilled. It just didn't have any personal connection to me. It wasn't for you. It It wasn't wasn't for me, but it was a season I needed to be faithful and endure. Right. I mean, obviously I had military orders. I'm not just going to be a deserter and, you know, run away and get out of the military. And I'll tell you in that season of time, God really showed me some important things that I took with me into the next season. And so there are times when you do have to endure and it's not fun and you don't like it. But I will tell you when you know that you're following God, that had to be by faith too. I I wanted to leave earlier and uh, God showed me some things in that season that were so important that basically he needed to show me at that point in time that having a great job, you know, quote unquote, with great high salary benefits, position, title, all these things are never going to satisfy your inner need for fulfillment and desire that he has put in you. And I was feeling that. See, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. It goes, Hey, yeah. Okay. I'm ready for the release, but also maybe God's saying stay. Maybe God's saying that you need to be the light in that situation or you have something more to learn. That, and, and that was absolutely the case. And God showed me, I had it drilled into me so deeply, that dissatisfaction um, with all those things I just mentioned at that Pentagon job, that it really prepared me to go into the next season because God knew it was going to be difficult at times. And that, yeah. you know, you go from being, you don't realize it, but you're wearing the uniform. You've got this big position. I was managing a four and a half billion dollar annual appropriation, you know, and then I'm a, a nobody schmuck realtor with no position, no title, no salary, no benefits, nothing. Yeah. And what he was really showing me was the dissatisfaction in that place of what the world would say is a great job so that I never wandered and pined for the days of Egypt as I was going through the desert on the way to the promised land. Wow. Well said. Yeah, seriously. So, so here you are, you just heard God give you that release. You have, you've separated yourself and now you're like, okay, now what's my next step? Right? Right. So basically the last three days at the monastery was God just convincing me that that was his voice and the Holy Spirit and not me or my flesh or the devil. And so he was finally saying, Hey, these very inclinations and desires, you have to do something else that this isn't, you know, fulfilling for you. Not only is it okay for you to go with that, you would be fighting actively against me because I'm the one who put those desires in your heart. And I, there's a verse that when I was reading Unmerited Favor by Joseph Prince, there was a verse that absolutely jumped off the page to me. And it is in Philippians 2.13. And I really love 
the amplified version of this. It says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. And I had this amazing revelation that these tendencies I had in my heart, this lack of peace and joy in real estate and these desires to do something else, I wasn't quite sure what, but I knew it had something to do with the speaking and the coaching and everything I saw that that man was exemplifying on that stage. That God finally showed me, hey, that's me. This is not a season when you need to keep your hand to the plow and be faithful. That was the time in the Pentagon. You did need to learn those lessons for your own benefit, not because of some misguided notion that you needed to be a slave and a servant to serve my my kingdom purposes, although they will do that. But in both cases, he was showing me what was truly better for me, you know? And so in this case, I finally got that amazing release. And this goes back to the revelation of sonship I talked about, is that, you know, God asked me, you know, I'm a good father and I give good gifts to my kids. So how would you say an earthly father, a good earthly father raises their son? Hmm. And so I kind of sat there and thought about it and I journaled and I said, you know, I believe that a good father raises their son on the foundation of uh, unconditional love and also in principles and instructions by which he can live a good, satisfying life. And he raises them up so that they can follow their own path. And he doesn't make them as clones and, and duplicates of themselves. He raises you up, teaches you the way you should go. And that's, a, a good, I think, a verse that gets misinterpreted a lot. Raise up a child in the way which he should go, and he will not depart from it. And that, to me, I always thought, well, there's a certain way that the dad wants to raise a son and knows that they should go. And it's, no, it's raise him up in the way he should go. Right. That might be very different than the way the father went, you know? Right, yeah. And so God was saying, you know, I am not planning out every single decision for you in advance. I'm raising you up to be able to make decisions on your own, to be able to have trust and confidence in the lessons I've taught you along the way that you are now mature in me. This had been, you know, when I first rededicated my life to God, I had a lot of bad thinking and a lot of bad habits I needed to purge, right? But at this point, he's like, you know, you've been walking with me for a better part of a decade now. At what point are you finally going to accept that my desires have become your desires and that you are yoked to me and that you should be trusting maybe in a time it was appropriate for you to think that any thought or desire you had was the opposite of what I wanted. But now your assumption should be the opposite. You should just go with the inner witness and then of course, test it by the word, seek wise counsel, go through all those steps. So that was just an amazing revelation to me that God was even better than I thought. And I needed to get out of that duty, obligation, discipline, spirit, and mentality and embrace what he had. But then the next part that really threw me for a loop was, okay, so you're going to go home from this and you're going to just indefinitely wait on me for whatever's next. And you're not going to do anything in real estate. I mean, I had maybe one or two deals in the pipeline, but basically refer out any other leads that come your way, which obviously makes a lot less money. You still get some, which was an amazing provision, but that was, that blew me for, that just completely blew my mind and threw me for a loop. Well, yeah. And I think uh, sometimes we get to the season where it's a season in between seasons, you know, where it's just like a time where God is literally saying, wait on me. That's until it. you get that next that next thing, that next, next prompting. And and oftentimes it's because he simply knows best. He knows when that door is going to open. He That's does. exactly and right. I've learned and you've learned that we the more we try to throw open doors and the more doors we try to bust open on our own, the more mistakes we're going to make. But if God opens the door, then no man can shut it. That's exactly right. And again, like you said before, it's got to be by faith. And this took a lot of faith for me to, to do that. And so... 
Um, but like you said, there's doors that you can't possibly open on your own. And so I came back from this trip from the monastery with what seemed like a completely lazy, foolish, irresponsible, completely illogical decision <laughs> yep. to leave the success I had worked so hard to build in real estate that I, I am pretty confident to this day God called me into in the first place and just wait around indefinitely, you know, in a job where you, you know, you're sourcing all your own income. So I'm just like, okay, God, this is really stretching me, but I believe I have hurt from you. It goes against every grain in my body, but I'm having to learn how to repent and align with the word, which is not the way it's always been taught to me. It's not this religious system. And again, there's, there's always, uh, you can't make one formula for everything. There, there was a time of, of sucking it up and waiting while I was at the Pentagon and this was not that time. And so I, I had to break from this idea that anytime God wanted me to do something, it was always going to be the hard and difficult thing because it would be good for me in the end. So everything I did was out of, and that sometimes that is true. There's, we have to discipline ourselves. We have to endure. We have to deny ourselves or take on things that aren't pleasurable. But I had made everything into this one paradigm where if it's difficult, it must be God. If it's unpleasurable, it must be God. And he was saying, no, those desires, I put those desires in your heart. Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will plant within you his desires to become yours so that he can manifest them. No, that's really good. And that's just another form of religion telling you that you got to suffer for God and suffer for, you know, if you want anything, if you want to please God in this world, you're going to have to suffer. And I think one I've realized now, I think one of the best testimonies and witnesses that we can be is full of brimming over the top with joy and peace, prosperity, health, satisfaction. Yeah. It's the goodness of the Lord that leads a man to repentance. If we're all sappy and sorry human beings and suffering through this world, no one's going to want to accept Christ and become a follower of Christ. Absolutely. And at the same time, it's also true the opposite. Like Paul said, he can, he can live in both. There are times we're called to endure persecution and troubles and difficulties. And either way, how we enjoy the prosperity or how we enjoy the setbacks and difficulties is going to be a witness if we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's good. So anyways, with all that said, I come home and with, I would say within a week of coming back with this indefinite waiting period with no end in sight, I get a call from, um, a ministry organization that I had called probably a month or two before that, um, this is a really amazing ministry that is run by combat veterans for other combat veterans, really combating, you know, the PTSD and the suicide rates and everything in in the veteran community. And this man felt, you know, called to start this ministry to really restore men's hearts with the gospel to, to help them live out of their, you know, deep masculine heart. And it's a lot of it's based on John Eldridge's Wild at Heart, which is a great, a great book. And, uh, so anyways, I'd called these guys, um, by a referral from a friend and they were booked for at least the next six months. But then I got an unexpected call about a week after I got back from the monastery and the guy said, Hey, we've got a last second spot that's opening at the end of this month. Would you be you know, interested in going? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Absolutely. And this is like an incredible thing. Uh, it's this beautiful, beautiful ranch in this amazing home in the Vale Valley in Colorado. And, you know, at this point I was, you know, in the grind in DC. So that just sounded amazing to me. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, that's a, that's interesting, you know? And if I were totally stuck in my real estate practice, I probably wouldn't have the availability to do that. So here I'm waiting on God, this door opens. So I go there and part of the preparation for that retreat is about a four day retreat is to read the book wild at heart. And one of the things that really spoke to me in that book was a quote by Howard Thurman. And he says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. 
because what the world needs are people who have come alive. Yeah, that's good. I love that. And it just spoke right into that, you know, anti-DOD spirit, that sense that God had shown me that whatever is in your heart right now, after you've searched it and been willing to, you know, expose yourself to the Holy Spirit, and I've confirmed this in you, those are the things that I want you to do. I want you to be totally alive doing what I've created and designed you for. And so that was an amazing confirmation. And then I go through a really powerful four-day retreat, and... But one of the things we talked about on the tree, uh, especially as guys and especially military guys, is living from our hearts and not our heads. Because I think as men, it's difficult for us to do this. Uh, women are better at this, generally speaking, than men. And we, and I know I'm. This is my tendency is to intellectualize everything, make everything cerebral, think, think, think. And sometimes it's hard to get in touch with your heart and your feelings. And so the one of the big challenges on the the last day of the retreat was, you know, make decisions and live from your heart, not just from your head. And so I was kind of learning this whole process over these last couple months, and uh, and then that was an Im- immediately tested because. Uh, I think the night before, um, our last day there, one of the guys in the retreat with me who I had uh, struck up a friendship with, he was really going through a difficult time in his marriage and he was going to stay. He had some, he was really handy and had some skills with construction and he was going to stay for another uh, week or so on the property to help fix up this cabin for the, the foundation that, uh, owned the ranch and also supported the ministry. So he asked me if I would be interested in staying with him to help with this, uh, not because I'm handy because I'm not, but mainly just for, you know, a sense of fellowship and to kind of, you know, chew on everything we had just learned and just to have someone to be with him as he went through this. And so I, uh, it was kind of unexpected, but I was like, you know what, that sounds really great, but let me just, you know, uh, check tomorrow because we had to turn off all our phones and be completely cut off from the outside world, which was wise. And so let me just make sure that, you know, nothing's, uh, nothing's blowing up back home. And, and then if, if it seems good, then, then I'll do it. And so the next day came around, we finished up, we had that challenge to live from our, our heart and not our heads. And, uh, as soon as I opened up my phone, um, I had, uh, an email from a realtor and I had a deal in the pipeline that was going to close the day that I was going to leave. So I couldn't be at the closing and I had everything, everything was pretty much totally ready to go. All it was, was just a matter of the paperwork and the timing to go through for everything. So there wasn't much the realtor had to do. It's pretty standard practice. You know, if you're going to be gone, they just physically attend the closing, make sure all the, you know, cross T's dotted I's and everything's good. Shouldn't have been a big deal. Well, sure enough, as soon as I get, turn my phone back on, she's telling me that things are falling through and that, that I need to get back there immediately and, and tie this up. Right. And so right immediately I'm, I'm right back into the world. I'm, I'm going off of that DOD spirit. I need to have an obligation to my clients. I need to make this happen. Da, 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 da. Me, 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 performance, stress, anxiety. And I was like, okay, before I make a decision on this, I need to just ask these guys. And so I said, Hey guys, I've got this situation. And without missing a beat, they said, what does your heart tell you? And I was like, Oh, my heart's yeah. telling me to stay. Yeah. Oh, and they're like, well, what are you going to do? Rubber meets the road right here. We've just gone through this four day powerful retreat. Wow. And here you are right off the bat confronted with a decision to try to do the quote unquote responsible right thing and make this happen. Are you going to do that? Or are you going to go by the enforced rhythms of grace and listen to your heart and not your head? Wow. Yeah. So I, uh, I kind of prayed and thought about it for a bit and I just like, you know what? 
I'm going to take a risk here. And this is what, you know, faith is. We don't, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes we have to really go out on a limb. And this was a big deal. I mean, I'd worked for months on this deal. It was going to be a pretty good check. Um, my reputation was at stake as far as I was concerned. You know, I didn't want to just let this fall through the cracks, but I was just, just like that time with the VA that I, I talked about on the last podcast, I had to just say, you know what, God, this is in your hands. And so I just said, okay, if the ranch will pay for my flight change for my ticket and provide the meals and everything, so it's not out of pocket for me, then I'll consider that, you know, kind of my kiss on the cheek from God, you know, and that this is good. And so they were able to do that. And, um, so I stayed and, uh, sure enough, everything went through just fine. The next couple days, the deal went through, nothing happened. I kind of realized later, like there's really nothing I could have done anyways. By the time I got back to DC <coughs> and got there, it would have been too late. And there wasn't really anything I could directly control with, uh, with what the situation was anyways. So that went through just fine. <coughs> but here's the crazy part, Nathaniel from staying out there that extra four or five days at the ranch. I got not only amazing time of fellowship, um, with this guy and was able to really connect with him and encourage him. And he was able to encourage me and we really were processing everything that happened. But while we were working on that cabin one day, a guy came by who had been through the retreat. He was on the board of directors for the ministry and the foundation that owned the ranch. And he just wanted to stop by, see who we were, what we were doing. And then we, you know, we had an instant rapport because we had both gone through this program. Really powerful. We're all brothers in Christ. So we're kind of talking about all that. And then we just start getting to know each other and talking more. And he was, um, you know, turned out to be a very successful serial entrepreneur. And he was starting a brand new company in the Vale Valley uh, with a mobile app. And when he heard about my background with the military, my MBA, um, kind of just what I was doing in the season that I was in of waiting on God for the next step and kind of this whole journey of faith, he's like, well, you know, I'm just in the process right now of putting a core team together. I could really use a guy with your skill set and background. Why don't you pray about, you know, whether or not this might be uh, a fit? And I was like, wow, holy moly. Like, what if, what if this is what this point of waiting, this whole waiting season, why I needed to, you know, by faith, stay the extra couple days. So we prayed about it and we, uh, we, you know, made sure that we would stay in touch after that. So I came back from the trip and stayed in touch with him. And then within about a week of getting back to Virginia from this uh, trip out to Vail, another unexpected call came in and it was from the founder of the ministry. And he said, you know, uh, Ryan, I was really struck by you, the brief interactions that we had, and I didn't really know him that well, but he's like, you know, I I just want to throw something out there for you to pray about and consider. I'm really trying to expand the ministry team out here. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in potentially being part of the facilitation team to run the, the drop zones. That's what they called the retreat, you know, in the future. And I was like, wow, I think that is divine timing. And I told him about the other opportunity and he didn't know about that, but he was good friends with this entrepreneur. And he was like, wow, that's an amazing opportunity. Everything this guy touches turns to gold. I would definitely jump on that bandwagon as fast as you can. And so we, you know, we, uh, we stayed in touch, I stayed in touch with him as well. And he invited me to go out to this amazing retreat, um, a couple months later, just for the team, the core team that does these, uh, facilitations. And, you know, it was this ridiculous, uh, multimillion dollar lakefront mansion on Lake Tahoe in the middle wow. of the summer, just wow. absolutely gorgeous. 
incredible, you know? So God's just dropping these things in my lap. Then within another couple days of that, I got another call from a guy who I'd never met or heard of, or I had heard of him, but I just didn't know exactly who he was. But this guy was the owner of the ranch and the foundation, extremely, extremely successful real estate investor and businessman. And he called me up because he's like, you know, your name keeps popping up. I talked to these two guys. I talked to the guy who referred you. Like when somebody's name pops up, I, you know, I take note of that. And he was a believer too, obviously. And so he just said, you know, I just want to introduce myself and, uh, and, you know, stay in touch and see where things go. And I was like, well, I will be back out to Vail for the alumni reunion for this retreat, um, in August. So we can meet then. So just these things from waiting on God, you know, with things I couldn't have possibly scripted are starting to drop in my lap. Well, notice, I mean, it was definitely several months before, not even on your radar. It was one of those things where you went to that first uh, conference and you heard that guy and then it's just one step at a time listening to God's voice. And then you were at the retreat and you really had an opportunity to run away and go back to how it was, back to your comfort zone, back to Mm -hmm. what felt comfortable, back to what you know could supply your needs. You could have gotten a nice check from that, but you had to say, no, I'm going to listen to my heart, not my head and circle back around to what God's will is in this situation. That's hearing his voice and staying out there. That's incredible. And that's that also speaks to the idea of acceleration. Yes. That also speaks to the idea of and suddenly. You know, there's all that throughout mm-hmm. the scripture where God's like, well, and suddenly this yep. happened. And, 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 and that's where we have dominion over time. God can just sit there and, and drop something in our lap that literally could take the average person years and years of building rapport and mm. being in a group. Yes. But you got that within a couple of weeks. I, that is so true, Nathaniel. One of the things God really started to show me at the monastery was I can do more in one moment than you can do in a lifetime. So yeah. a lifetime of my own human effort and wisdom, God can do all that and way more in one single moment, one divine appointment, one witty idea from heaven, one, you know, just any number of things that if we just will take the time to listen to him and do things, even and especially when they make no sense and they are totally illogical and foolish seeming, you know, he says that he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So, um, so you got, I mean, honestly, the anointing on your life for this. I mean, there's, there's clearly, um, all these things, both this episode and last episode, uh, that really God has placed in your heart that now you're able to now impart that anointing to others. So I want you to just release a blessing, release a commission to the people, just like you do at the end of every episode. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just finish the that kind of coup de grace for this story. Oh, yes. Because it's, I want to just build expectancy. You know, that's why I do it in this testimonial fashion, this dialogue, because I'm trying to give real life testimonies, not just theory and theology to people. So there's a a level of expectancy and faith so that when you pray, and this is something I learned from um, Randy Clark, you always start with testimonies and building people's faith so that when it's time to declare that their faith is at a point and that's what I'm believing is going to happen. So just to sum this whole thing up, I go to Vail in August um, for this alumni reunion for the, the ministry. And I got to stay at the house of the guy, the businessman who uh, was going to potentially have me on his team. We didn't have any firm plans yet for that. But, you know, he's got this ridiculous multi-million dollar beautiful home in Edwards. And um, he also lets me use his BMW convertible for the week that I'm there. You know, it's just like, you know, and I'm gonna have, you can't even make wow, this stuff up. That's a crazy favor. And it's it's not, again, it's, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea. This is not about material things. I'm, I'm very much a minimalist by nature. I'm not, you know, big into material things. But um, I think just 
especially when it's something that's hard for you to believe and you're really walking on faith kind of out on, you know, a limb, I think God will give you those kisses on the cheek. Not always, you know, um, the, the biggest witness is that inner witness, right? Not external circumstances, but I think there'll always be a confirmation. Right. And I always talk about where the bottom line results meet, you know, the supernatural. So that's happening. And then there was kind of a hiccup. His, uh, something happened where he had to leave suddenly and unexpectedly. So I didn't have a place to stay for the last couple of days of the retreat. And so he ended up, um, he was friends with that really successful real estate, uh, investor and businessman who had called me and he had made arrangements for me to stay at that guy's house with his family. Wow. And so I go from this amazing house already driving this BMW convertible. Now I'm seeing this other guy's house. What looked like a setback was a total setup because this house is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's a $14 million, 10 bedroom, 10 bath, uh, 14,000 square foot mansion. Wow. And just beautiful in this super exclusive community in Vail. And so I'm talking to this man and his family who had called me earlier and said, you know, uh, I want to get to know you. Your name came up. So now I'm staying in his house. And, uh, I mean, you just just can't even make this stuff up, go from glory to glory, right? Right, Like guys just bringing me, you know, one thing after the next. And you know, they said they were really interested in me coming out there. They offered for me to live at their home. Wow. And they, I almost got the sense they would be disappointed if I didn't move in with them, even if this job didn't work out with Kevin and everything, the the guy that I was uh, talking to about the job. So anyways, um, they end up offering me a room in basically my own private wing of this mansion that I have to myself with the kitchen and everything else. Um, $500 a month tax deductible to the foundation. That's my rent. Hmm. $500 tax free to the foundation. And this is in an area, first of all, it's a, a crazy mansion, but even just that area in general, it was so hard to find housing at that time. And I had just read a USA Today article right after I moved there where it said that this county was the most unaffordable county to live in in the entire U.S. at that point in time. So in the most unaffordable county in the U.S. You're paying $500 yeah, a month. For my for own wing of a, wing of a mansion, essentially. That's amazing. See, I thought this story was good uh, five minutes ago. <laughs> this keeps getting better. Right. And so long story short or longer, (laughs) you know, by waiting on God, uh, everything worked out. I ended up uh, working for the businessman at the startup. I ended up doing some uh, retreats with this ministry. And then I've got this amazing housing situation, all from things that I could not have possibly imagined. And it says in Ephesians 3.20 that God will do exceedingly abundantly beyond all you could ask or imagine according to the power that works within you. And that power is the Holy Spirit by faith, right? Exactly. Everything is by faith in the kingdom. No, what a great what a great example of just that, of literally knowing that, man, everything that I do, everything that, that God has called me to do, he's going to set a path before me. He's Absolutely. going to be the light to my feet, the lamp to my path. He's going to take every mountain that might be in my way into base, and he's going to take every valley and raise it up so that I can get to the place that God has called me to. But... You have to make yourself available. And That's if, it. And if anything that you guys get out of this episode, it's that Ryan literally every step of the way made himself available. Said, I'm not going to continue in the, my comfort zone, but instead transition into listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to my heart, not my head. And what I thought was so amazing is throughout this whole period, what I realized what had become my comfort zone was not very comfortable. It was working from a place of striving and obligation and trying to make myself do the right thing. That was what I was comfortable with. That was what made sense to me. That's how I was trained and raised in the military and business and this culture. And by doing the thing that was actually easier and more enjoyable in these cases, 
that was what actually set me up for the blessing, you know? Well, I think that that's, there's something to that. I think that um, God's not going to lead you to a place necessarily every single time. I think a lot of times religion tells you that it's going to be that place of suffering like we talked about earlier. But instead, you can often go by where is your heart at peace the most? And yes. the Bible talks about letting peace reign as an umpire in your spirit. And that's this mm-hmm. idea of, okay, do I feel peace about this decision? And and a lot of times your flesh will rise up, but it's determining that difference between the voice of your flesh, the voice of your spirit. And, and you'll feel that peace. You'll just know that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I was learning that journey for sure. And it's not always easy walking by faith. Uh, in another episode, we'll talk about another amazing testimony when everything fell through and it was, you know, easy to question whether, you know, God, what happened to all these things? But, um, it's just one thing after the next, but yeah. So basically after three months of waiting on God, kind of figuring things out, I end up moving to Vail. Um, by the way, on my way from DC to Vail, I stopped and visited my friend, uh, who I had known from a DC uh, area Bible study at some Bible college in Colorado that I'd never heard of. Turns out it was Karis Bible College and Andrew Womack Ministries. And that's a whole other testimony, but it's just, you know, you see this thread that God's weaving in retrospect sometimes. And all you see is the backside of the tapestry at the time makes no sense, looks completely, you know, disjointed, makes, there's no pattern, there's no logic or sense to it. And then after time, as you keep walking by faith, God eventually flips that over and shows you that perspective of how he's woven this thread. But at least um, while you're still looking at the back of that tapestry and you're looking at this confusion, know that God is using it to weave this amazing, beautiful piece of artwork. Absolutely. And that's where I'll now make, with all those things said, I will make that confession that, uh, what was it, the prompt that you gave me? It was a really good one. I want to hear it again. It's a great question. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was the Holy Spirit when I said it. Um, but yeah, that that whole idea of making yourself available, yeah. being available, not stepping back and saying, "No, this is this is my security. This is my place that I'm currently resting in right now." But allowing God to be your resting point, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, and throughout, just like this entire story portrays, just. Being available, making yourself available to God and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do and trust that you're weaving this beautiful tapestry. Yeah, absolutely. So I will just uh, go ahead on the record now and declare that anyone hearing this is going to have a revelation of sonship and a revelation of God's better way, getting out of that duty, obligation, discipline mindset and into a place of being led by peace and joy, even if and especially when it doesn't make sense getting out of striving and stress and toil and performance and entering into God's rest. Whether that's staying in a difficult situation that you don't have the human bandwidth to endure any longer that God's telling you to stay in, like I said, was the case for me in one point in one point of my life. Um, or if it's leaving something for something unknown, like Abraham stepping off on that journey, go to the land I will, future tense show you. You don't even know where you're going. And that was very much my experience at the time. So I'm just speaking forth, God, by the Holy Spirit, that people hearing this are going to have have a revelation. They're going to have that seed dropped in their heart that's going to bear 30, 60, and 100 fold fruit by stepping out in faith, stepping into your grace, into your rest, into that place of sonship and inheritance where it's not by hard work and human effort, but it is by faith and it is by believing in Jesus and his finished work to make themselves available and teachable to be faithful to walk that walk of faith that only you can drop those little breadcrumb trails into that place of promise. And so I thank you, Lord, for the amazing things you've done in my life. And I'm so thankful for the testimonies we're going to hear on this from other people's lives who've walked this out as well. 
Awesome. I received that, and I know everyone listening received that as well. That's powerful. And like Ryan said, this is just the beginning of the testimony. I mean, we've just spent several episodes talking about this alone, but I know this is just the beginning, so make sure you tune in to the next following episodes as we hear the wrap-up to this and just the incredible rest of the things that God is doing through your life, Ryan. And uh, that's really just an encouragement to everyone who is listening. Thank you so much, Nathaniel. You are a great interviewer. We'll be glad to have you back in the future. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Better Way Podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, Leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email at ryan at a better way Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? Let us know on our website. Finally, A Better Way is listener-sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, abetterwaypodcast.com. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode.